Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Tramplebet Podcast for Saturday, 3rd of August, 2019. I'm your host, John Walker, and with me as always is Andy Vaughan. Hi, John. How you doing? If you are a new listener, we have been going for one season. We are in our second season and we're back. Uh, I've missed the football, Andy. So have I. I was just saying I have not had a bet in roughly eight weeks. I see the thing is I watch darts and golf and baseball, so yeah. still been all over it. Yeah, this is like... This is how I refer to sometimes as my PlayStation. My PlayStation is just a FIFA machine. And when I refer to betting, it's just football betting. Right. Yep. That's my restriction. Um, Gary Black is with us, not a resident Gordo. Yeah, uh, we got some new equipment over the summer and I'm just here to make sure that we don't, uh, they go, guys don't blow it up. That's exactly what I told everyone at work today, <laughs> was that you had to come and babysit me to yeah. show me how to use this new piece of equipment. It's pretty fucking excellent it looks so cool and i can't wait to press those big luminous buttons that play pre-recorded sound clips i have to get some good stuff in there <laughs> so if you are a new listener and this is the first episode we have a very basic format that we stick to yep. on the football front we deliver you a banker a value and an outsider this is not meant to be treated as a treble they are free individual bets to be placed as single bets unless you're feeling lucky and you, yeah, always, do t- you yeah. always tend to go for it you do do whatever you like with our tips, but the way that we've sourced them is three good shouts each. The banker that basically we're saying will come in. Uh, the value bet, something that we see value in, uh, where the likelihood of the outcome is better than the price being offered at the bookmakers. And then the outsider, um, which is something generally where we think a team has been overpriced substantially um, and is the underdog in a match. Now, Gary, you're better with uh, legal speak than me I'm yeah. right in saying that if people lose their bet they've no right to come and abuse us well they can abuse you all they like oh, you can abuse us all you like that's what it you know you put it out there but it's meant to be a spirit of community you know share your pet if you disagree let us know get in touch and, and share if you've seen something that the guys have missed <laughs> so the, get in touch so the Facebook the group grew really well last year yeah. and there's now a good community of uh, people on our Facebook yeah what group. I felt like we did was we built up a lot of momentum and then we just fucking stopped <laughs> that was the football season's fault though not ours leave them wanting more <laughs> <laughs> we could have continued on with the Mexican leagues but uh, it's a bit much we also pick two teams each for a charity bet and we put £10 of our own money on the accumulator so a fourfold all profits go to charity of hopefully your choosing um, let's, as, let's do the first week I've just done the um, longest day in golf challenge playing four different courses in one day started at 4.30 in the morning for Macmillan um, the cancer charity so if the charity bet comes up in the first week lump it in there there we go um, as the, the the only person in this room who didn't put their hand in the pocket uh, for the charity bet <laughs> um, how much did you end up giving to charity last season? it was I think it was 870 quid but that did include a uh, flag sponsoring at a foot golf fundraising event which we still don't have back I need to get it back off Paul we do have a, f- a sponsored flag from Hole <laughs> you get 8 the, to keep from the flag? Hole 8 yeah we get to keep the flag 
I need to actually pick that up. Um, so yeah, it was rough about £870 in the end that we gave off our own money. The deal was simple. If for some reason we made no money, we would give 380 quid over yeah. to a charity. So it was a tenner a week. So what we'll do every week on your suggestion is if the bet doesn't come in on the Monday, I'll transfer 10 quid to that charity. Mm-hmm. So we're risking 20 quid of our own money if nothing comes in just to get something to charity. So if you've got any suggestions, big or small, contact us. The small ones are better, right? Because you feel like your money's making a bigger difference. I mean, it definitely is. That's, although it was linked to Beatson, it's individual fundraisers that yeah. are doing it. So you could actually see a lot of the, the hospice spot that was going back. I think Paul had actually offered to take the two of us to the hospice just to see where our money was being spent. Um, I think I avoided that just because I think that would break me, Gary. Well, it's like the bit in Comic <laughs> Relief where you turn over because you yeah. don't want to feel sad. I, you don't want to see people breaking down. P- people maybe would like to see me breaking down, actually. So that, that's a format. That's what we do. And yeah, we are looking for a lot of interaction off everyone this time because we're putting ourselves out there, putting the picks. We, we do get slated. On the very rare occasions we do lose, Andy, though. We'll run through this later. We actually had very few losing weeks overall last week. Yeah, well, that, that's what we're going to do. Just to give us some uh, validity, we're going to run you through some of our figures. So this is the very boring bit that probably going to make math- mathematicians jizz in their pants or something, but It'll back up that what we're saying is I've followed loads of these football accumulator pages on Twitter and Facebook that post picks that are worryingly close to when the goal happens. And also <laughs> retweet the hell out of like a winning slip and then you no mention of losses. There's no there's yeah. no actual tracking of Yeah, results. you guys don't hide from your losses. No. Yeah. They they go in the spreadsheet the same way that the wins go in the spreadsheet, yeah. at the end, and at the end we have an accurate picture of what happened. You don't rely on that one time you hit a Yankee bet in 2006. Uh, when we are going through the previous season numbers, we will be putting down uh, money figures. Again, that is not to direct anyone in whichever way you want to bet. You can bet as big or as small as you want. That's, that's entirely your own doing. I think Gary Gambler where probably covers all this. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's, that, that's our piece. We're going to feed this in stakes and then probably what we would bet Hmm. in our own value or what we what we were betting just say the word units instead of pounds I, I'm personally can... a small better I bet embarrassingly small I, th- I think we've got quite a lot I think we've got quite a lot of listeners that are like that to be yeah. fair I know a lot of friends that will send me our 10 picks so our both bankers each both value both outsiders and then four charities that will send us As the 10 of a pound yeah so that's that tends to be what I see from it, it, I find it quite interesting because what we have is actually a lot of people that don't bet listen to the podcast and then just put a pound on mm-hmm. because it's something semi-exciting. It's something different for them because yeah. they, they tend not to bet or take an interest. So this is... Uh, Andy, this thing's amazing. <laughs> Andy spent the months of summer creating a spreadsheet. Uh, it's an eight-week it's good, project. It? Uh, so this tracks everything we, we had on. So every, this, this tracks every every banker, every value and every outsider that we tipped pre-game uh, throughout all 34 episodes this, 33 episodes in the one week that we tweeted them out instead uh, so does this include anyone else's picks no you and me only only and the specific bits in the so not anything like oh i also quite fancy the ones that we dedicated in the specific section and it tracked it all so um we start with the banker bets and if i click that up here if you put one unit 
on every banker bet that we had throughout the whole season, you would have ended up 4.49 units up, which is It's a profit. Nice. Good profit. But again, what we would probably say is that the bankers are one we would heavily load on. Yes, because we very, the they're very units. low odds. So yeah, if you were putting a tenner on it, you might return £12 for a profit of £2. So, you know I mean? That's that's 0.2 of a unit back. Yep. So small odds, certainties. Uh, for the value, if you put a pound on every value bet, we said you would have ended the season over £20 up, £20.07 in profit uh, for, for £1 stake. And then for the outsider bet, if you did the same with just £1, you would have ended up £30.00. 21 pence. So that's for the Gary Blacks of the world, the one pound betters. Yeah. One pound betters. We had a very betters. But what I've done, and I'll share this on our Facebook group, I'll, I'll, I'll make the spreadsheet shareable, is you can uh, tweak around with the stakes. So, John, uh, give me a stake for the what you'd put in a banker uh, in pounds. I'm probably 12, 12, 6, and 2. 12 pounds in the banker, 6 in the value, 2 on the outsider. They go, that would be 40 pounds staked each week because obviously you're. Doing it twice, once yep. for you, once for me. Uh, over 34 weeks, total number of 204 bets. Total stake, obviously this would be cumulative. Yep. You wouldn't have to load this up, of £1,360. Uh, and your profit on that would be £234.71. So £234 you would have made listening profit. to us over the season. Yep. Pure profit. And what's that, 17%? 17% return on investment. I think we said you're not getting anywhere near that with a bank. So, and what that would have meant was your average your average return would have been six pound ninety per week. Yeah, so you wouldn't be then having to put all that money. As, back. as if you no, that's just the average. Yeah, you just would have been making. Yep. A virtual six pound ninety by listening to our podcast and betting using your stakes there, you would just be making six pound ninety every time there was a football week. So, so that money figure of one three six zero as a stake is not your deposit money. No, not at all. You would yeah, start with like, <laughs> no, no, no. You'd start with, you could have started with just £40 in an account. Yeah. And that's it. You never would have needed to reload in and you would have ended the season um, with just around 1600 in your account. Awesome. Yeah, so we're very cautious to point out that, that your stake is up to you. Oh, stake's we're up to you. you in the stake so you can choose what the, you put on. The point of doing it. this was to sh- just to reassure me that what we were doing was good and successful yes. and I'm actually... Very proud of these results. Uh, winning across all categories yep, uh, consistently over a good sample size of 34. So all the numbers are there. We'll put, we'll put them on the uh, on the Facebook group for you to download and play about with the spreadsheet yourself. Uh, put in your stakes. I'm going to actually do this this year. I'm going to dedicate one of the sports books accounts that I have and stick. Just to run on this? Just to this with the same banker value and outsider stakes and see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah, I think I'll do the same, to be honest. I'll maybe use my Betfair sports book for that, because <laughs> I don't tend to use that for anything. Another part of our podcast is we, last year, decided we wanted to follow some Scottish footballers abroad. So last season we were following David Bates at Hamburg, Ryan Gold at Forenza until he went to Hibs on loan. He's now back at Forenza. Liam Henderson at Verona and Jack Harper at Malaga at the time. But after watch, did you watch any of the Women's World Cup? I did. I was actually quite excited about the prospect of football over the summer in the Women's World Cup and getting right into it. And it was the single worst football tournament I've ever watched in my entire life. Think I so? absolutely hated it. Ended up not watching it. <laughs> It was, the football was fine and the games were great. VAR. Mm. And the, the, way that, the way that they implemented that in that tournament was an absolute disgrace. Well, 
the thing that bugged me the most about it was everyone is trying to push equality between the men's and women's game. There are a disparity. There's there's a lot of gaps in it, but the fact that they changed the rule halfway through a major tournament it's ridiculous with the penalty. So mm-hmm. the penalty that Scot- Scotland got knocked out by Argentina, essentially because the goalie had a foot off the line, but then they changed the rule and said that refs were not meant to use VAR for keepers leaving the line. It's meant to just be their eye cast over at the time. And if they see it, they can retake it. But if they don't, it's not a VAR job. They changed the rule after that game mm. during a tournament. That's, that's, be- that's because it was a ridiculous decision. So that was, I think that was the most disrespectful thing that happened the whole tournament. It's... Even- um- could only have happened to Scotland. <laughs> even, even offside now, though, if this is if it's going to be implemented like this, I mean, you know, you know, John, you play football, you coach football. See, judging that as an attacker, an imaginary line that moves in play at the same time that a, a teammate is kicking the ball to you yeah. is impossible to do, right? You just can't. So you you make your best guess and you try and stay onside, and then you you know to break the defensive line, you go. You'll never know. If your foot was three millimeters offside, so I think that is mental to slow it down in video replay and judge it, because some things were getting called offside by a matter of less than an inch. Well, so what I would do is I would either change the rule to if VAR is going to be involved, it has to be apparent in a replay at normal speed, or you just um, what you do is you change the rule from any part of the attacker's body being offside. So the other way around. We talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Any part of your body that is still within the line of the still defender. Still in like, yeah. Instead of being any well, part of your body that's in front of. Because, because you can, because you can, the goals were getting chopped off that looked there was fine like a for, head for front, something like a in, head the, in front. In the build up though, that wasn't even the final stage of yeah. play. It was like three times ago and you're it almost looked like they were looking back through VAR with a fine tooth comb at everything. It was taking seven or eight minutes just to find reasons to chop goals off. <laughs> and that is a horrible viewing experience. Yeah. Isn't the, the rules of both American football and tennis that you got a limited number of challenges as a manager, yeah. or a coach, or a player? And cricket. Yep. Yeah. And cricket, yep. But the thing is, cricket especially has a very natural stoppage point to allow yeah. that to happen mm-hmm. because a player is bowled from the bowler, the batter hits it, and then that's that play ended and you can review it. Whereas in football, you're going all the way back sometimes to yeah. something that happened, you know, maybe 20 seconds ago, 30 seconds ago. And the crowd aren't expecting that goal to be ruled anyway. Sorry, I'm going on. I'm not a fan of VAR in its current state. And I think it was a disgrace how they implemented it in the Women's World Cup because for me, it ruined what was a showpiece tournament in a, in a really good tournament. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I had a lot of time for it. Mainly because it riled up Donald Trump a wee bit as well in the end. Because <laughs> the American captain is... She doesn't like him. No, she's hilarious. I mean, yeah, maybe a bit annoying, but she's absolutely hilarious. But the point I was going to say was, we're now adding four female players for Scotland because the whole purpose of Ryan Gold, David Bates, Liam Henderson and Jack Harper were potentially these could be players that could get Scotland to oh, World Cup. Scottish prospects, yeah. And at the time, completely ignoring the fact that Scotland were about to go to World <laughs> Cup. Uh, so four of the players, first one is Claire Emsley, who became the first Scottish player to score at World Cup in 21 years. So the previous one would have been John Collins. Next game, McAllister. No, nope. John Collins scored a penalty against Died Brazil. Bleach blonde scored against Norway. And then, come on, he had no teeth when he played Burley. Burley, there you go, Craig Burley. Yeah, Craig Burley was the last player to score. So Claire Emsley, after this, moved to Man City to Orlando Pride. Um, so she's she's actually by far and away, her and Erin Cuthbert and Kim Little are our best players. Annoyingly, Kim Little's just left. 
the National Women's Soccer League in America. Um, you've got Rachel Corsi, who's played like 110 times for Scotland. Mm. Like, that's like... I mean, that things like that to me just seem like a huge achievement. So she plays with uh, Utah, Utah Royals, and uh, they play each other in two weeks. So I'm kind of looking forward to following that. The good thing about the MLS, which you raised about Ryan Gold... I was difficult sorry, to find info on Ryan Gold last year. Whereas, yeah. Um, the highlights are so easy to come by. It's so well followed, so well recorded. So the two of them, Rachel Corsi, Rachel Corsi is probably the most experienced. Claire Elmsley is very young. She has won hundreds of stuff, hundreds of trophies. So has Fiona Brown and Lana Clarence, two of the other players. Lana Clarence plays in Serie A for Fiorentina and Fiona Brown plays in the Swedish Premier League with Rosenberg. Rosenberg, Gary, is Rosengard. That? Rosengard. I got confused when I seen that the first time. So we'll follow those four because I've had a look on YouTube and all their games are recorded. So those are the four women that went to the World Cup for Scotland that currently play abroad. And um, we'll be following them as well. We'll see how this goes. We've, Gary and I have spoke about the potential of this becoming two separate podcasts. Yeah, this is this is a lot of players to follow. So yes, it's possible. Be- because that's us just now on the, the female players. Gary has done a lot of digging using which app is it, Gary? Uh, Soccerway. Soccerway. To find out which Scottish players are actually playing abroad, there is a shitload. But Johnny Russell. We forgot about him, so we're going to need to add him in. So Johnny Russell's at Sporting Kansas and MLS. Uh, Ryan Gold is actually now permanently signed for SC Ferenc, so he's yep. back in Portugal. Tony Watts signed for Cisca Sevilla, I think. When Was that just in January he left um, St. Johnson? I have no idea. But he's kind of, when you look at his base, St. Johnston, Laverne, Charlton, Hearts, Blackburn, Cardiff, St. Leers, Lairs and Celtic. Like he's been about for somebody that's, who's, who's yeah. only 25. That's a lot of teams. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping, he's, he's, they've just started their season, he's scored one and two already so far. Charlie Gilmore has left Arsenal finally and went to Norwich, but he's been loaned out to Telstar in the Dutch second division. Almost on the same day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Sinclair who was at Chelsea and is now at Venezia, uh, Venezia in Serie B Liam Henderson with Verona got promoted via the playoffs last season so that will be in the climax that everyone missed because we had no episodes yeah which is why I put it on Twitter saying he's that he was still in Serie B, B. <laughs> sorry um, David Bates was injured during Hamburg's absolute disastrous collapse. like 10 games without a win at the end of the season absolute failing collapse. to get promoted um, he's back from injury. He play, he's played one preseason game, but he's not started either of the first two league games. Not been in the squad, so I'm not sure there was a, a article in Daily Record about him being sold, which I found like baffling because I think we'd covered that the the what was it the loss record with him in the team was like, wasn't there rumours for like six months ago he was going to go Bayern, Bayern. Munich, yeah. so it was uh, the the loss record with him in the team was six percent. They only lost. Oh, six. They kept. They kept clean, keeping clean sheets. And without him, seventy four percent. They lose three and four without him in there, and they lose one in twenty That's with mad. him in. Like that, that. That to me is ridiculous. Like we've seen with Gareth Bale this week. Sometimes it just doesn't matter. Aye, <laughs> you can win four Champions Leagues and still yeah. not be a, a successful player. And the other one to talk about is Jack Harper. So Jack Harper uh, was with Malaga. They failed in the playoff final in the last game of the season but he had actually already signed with Hitafi who finished fifth in La Liga 
So he'll be playing in the Europa League. They're straight in the group stages. Is he going to be getting regular first-team appearances? Well, the way they've been posting on social media, I'm assuming that he is going to be starting because really? they're making quite a big deal about the fact he's been that signed. He's been signed, yeah. So he has a Madrid boy. Like, it was Real Madrid he was with from 12 mm-hmm. years old. So he's been in Madrid the whole time. Um, so that that's really exciting for us because I'm guessing... Well, I think the Daily Record were the ones that trapped me and said that he'd be the first player to play in La Liga for 31 years, which I think one of our listeners then corrected us and pointed out that Aaron Hunt played for Mallorca on loan, mm. which I totally forgot about. I was like, they must be in the league below. So, yeah, it's unlike the Daily Record not to be correct, but they weren't. So, yeah, those are the players we're going to follow. Because this podcast has been downloaded in England, because I've had so many people contact us, this might then get moved to a separate section and just keeping it bet heavy so that the people in England don't have to listen to us talk about footballers. We had complaints. No, 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 I'm just assuming that if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going through 13 Scottish players, people might just go, when can we get to the next bit? <laughs> it's nationalist propaganda. Uh, so the next bit we were going to talk about was actually sponsoring a player. So this came to our attention through listener Ben Grant who is at Junior Side Winning Rangers just now. Mm-hmm. And he contacted me about the potential of sponsoring a player. And I do remember Soccer AM definitely did something similar like 12 seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny just watching people follow a player. And last season I found myself because of the amount of European games that Scottish teams were involved in. A lot of my, my home games that I would go to were moved to Sundays. All right. And I'd find myself on a Saturday going, what did I do? I'll maybe go to a Clyde game or I think I went to see Edinburgh City one game as well. Just, and I went to a party first. Okay, so I was just kind of fleeting about. I like the idea of maybe having a dedicated player at a dedicated club. So my supporters bus, Dundee United, the Shed 57 supporters bus, sponsored Billy Mackay. We all sponsor a team, right? But a few years back, we sponsored Billy Mackay. Um, it was the season we get relegated and uh, I ended up going to the you get two tickets to the sponsor's dinner and all that sort of stuff. So I ended up going to that. And I have Billy McKay's signed United shirt in my in my attic, which and I'm hoping one day might be worth some money because that was part of uh, him getting relegated four years in a row with four different clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the clubs? Which is absolutely fascinating. Um, Dundee United. Uh, he was, I think, with Wigan before that. Um, and then after it, Ross County and Edverness, I think. So, so four different seasons, four consecutive seasons, four different clubs, four relegations. Stephen Fletcher was that. But guy. the amazing thing is, he never he never stayed in the lower league. He always got he always got bought by bought in the summer back to Premier League. Well, team. that is Stephen Fletcher, isn't it? He was at Burnley. They get relegated. Wolves bought them on the way up. He get relegated. Sunderland bought them on the way yeah. up and get relegated. And then I think he has petered out. Is he capped at three? Right, rather yeah, than I, four. I not going to another four Premier League teams. The solution to not getting relegated for the Premier League. So, how do we do this? I think we do it randomly, and we do a video for it. I think we we investigate some teams. We do something like do we say it's do we take do we take the Premier League aside in Scotland for money wise? Yeah, I would, I I would say it, so. Well, as a, a sponsoring follow- a Celtic or Rangers player will be very expensive. Yes, Spons- sponsoring a Dundee United player will set you back probably about three hundred quid. And plus, I don't want to go to an SPL game. That's I'd rather go to a low league game. Right. Okay. If I'm having yeah. a week off, I'd rather go and see a low league. Game. And we'll do it in Scotland then. So yeah. how about how about from Championship downwards, we put all the teams in a hat like ping pong balls with numbers on it, and then just have a one to eleven, and we base that on the starting eleven on the first day of the season. Draw it out. It, you'll have to make sure they're available. But yeah, 
for sponsorship because some the, the you know the big the big names all sold out. Jinx so? Ah, Lauren Shankland at Dundee United, for instance, I bet people have snapped him up. What a signing. What about like Good Willie at Clyde? I bet he probably did. Well, you never know though. He, he's probably the most, the, the, the best one for Clyde. So if you were going to sponsor a player at Clyde and they're all the same cost, I presume everyone would go for him first. Yeah, because you want the jersey. Yeah, you want the signed jersey at the end. But yeah, we'll find a way to do this and do a live video, like draw ping pong balls out of hat with numbers yeah. and then and then squad numbers or something. And, and then we have our own And then we'll, then we'll just have a guy. He's ours. <laughs> we can get him in to get some episodes. Can we like get? Do we get his? Can we get his image rights as well and just yeah. make a sticker of him? Yep. Oh, I do want a shiny. I do want a David Willey shiny though. <laughs> I've probably got one back when he was <laughs> a Dundee United Dundee player. Yeah. Days. Well, that's us up to date on what we tend to do. So now we're going to go into our actual bets. This is the fun bit. This is where we get to actually. We put are out there. Back. So, as it's the first one of the season, we'll go with season bets. Oh, we're doing the season prediction and season yes. bets first. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think this is the best way to go. Um, Can I say mine first? Because it's just going to get ridiculed. Yeah, go for it. Potentially by, you know, Gary and your, yourself here. You won't, you won't like this. Because um, you're a jinx. Yeah. I think Arsenal are going to finish in the top four. <laughs> <laughs> if you think they're going to win the league, you'll get them a six to six to one, right? See, that's not, way too low. I'm not advocating that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't bet on that. Chelsea now have, what, Lampard in his coach? Yeah. Man United have Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and have done pretty much nothing in the yeah, that, in the preseason. That's going downhill fast, yeah. isn't it? So I think both those teams are going downhill reasonably fast. What does that leave you with? It leaves you in Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham and Arsenal. I would be worried right. about Everton and Wolves and nah. Leicester as well. I would be worried at the fact that Arsenal need to sort out their their centre central defenders, right? But apart from that, I think the team looks good. I think Emery was pretty solid last year. Yeah, I think I would have them as as favourites to finish top four above Man United and Chelsea. But at the bookies just now, they're not. You'll get them at around two to one just for a top four finish. And have they signed Nicholas Pepe? There was it, talk it, about it. The deal's London, been he's done. In London just now, he's yeah. in, him, Aubameyang, Lacazette, like Arsenal. Are, if they can sort out the defence. Arsenal will be who, formidable this year. Who plays? Like, does Ozil not play? Or does Ozil play as an attacking mid of a free midfielder? I don't get who plays where. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. But they're high quality. Yeah, yeah, the front. But the, the, the attacking players at Arsenal have never been the problem. My issue is this constant. They've signed Saliba from Sinetian, but it's loaned them back. Loaned them straight back on but the same day. But he is only, what, 19? Yeah. So that's fine with me. But that's a guy you can recall from loan at any point. People laugh at me because they obviously don't watch Arsenal enough. Rob Holden's injury was when Arsenal fucking fell apart last year. Like, actually embarrassing because Mustafi got back in the team. Yeah. That guy's a ball. I seen there was what a, apparently a bid for £32 million from Monaco. Take it. Is there fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no chance Monaco would get off from £32 million. That's an Arsenal try to feed out another, be- uh, another bid from someone. I, I don't know. I like, See if Arsenal can get better in holding back from their injuries because we're bad injuries and get Tierney in because that looks like it's back on again it, looks like it does look like it's back on looks like there's been a third bid this afternoon I'm sure Arsenal have added like half a million onto the upfront price and, but want to structure the rest of it over the next 19 years that Kieran Tierney's playing football I did see quite a few good uh, tweets of a guy saying I've gone to the Arsenal shop and offered them a fiver up front for the new shirt <laughs> and uh, staggered <laughs> payments based on results 
That is that is the Arsenal. I think I said that as well on Twitter. It was the Arsenal fans like philosophy. Hmm. It's like I'm fucking giving no more money to this club, and they release two retro kits and they go spend 160 quid. And you're like, yeah, that's that's I, it right there. I bet they're cool shirts. They are amazing. Yeah, they are. But I've resisted. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm no no spend until I see players. Pounds, like, until I see players over the door, I'm not spending a penny on those kits. That's not happening. See, I've gone the other way. I think Arsenal will be back in the Champions League. But there you go. But seven to one at the Europa League for me is the way. Ah, okay. I think. I think if it hadn't been for holding Bellerin and playing Czech in that final, you don't play your second goalie in a cup final. Not not a European Cup final. I don't think he did anything wrong. But the fact that everyone knew he was going back to Chelsea to work in some capacity, I was like, why are you playing him? You're like he learned four goals that he could never have saved. But even I was going fucking asshole. Like I was raging. I was like, "Why? Why is this happening?" I had almost completely forgotten about that. That, that memory had faded. Now what? it's just come surging. I've heard bad that performance. Yeah. <laughs> yes, brutal. Best team first half, and then out of nowhere. Even when Awobi came on and scored, you were like two one back in this. Two goals in two minutes. Even Giroud scored. Oh, I feel I feel sick. I feel I feel sick. <laughs> I love Olivier Giroud. Uh, me too. It hurts me. But seven to one to win the Europa League is. For me, that's the one. One step further this year. That's a that's a pretty big shout in a pretty big uh, competition, the Europa League. There, I'm going to uh, my shouts in the English League One. <laughs> um, so in the English League One, you're sort of you know you've got Sunderland. They're they're sort of favourites at the bookies just now. Ipswich, Portsmouth, but these leagues tend to be won quite a reasonable amount of time by by an, someone that's a wee bit more of an outsider. Yeah. So what I'm looking at is Peterborough United at twelve to one. Uh, who've just re-signed George Boyd, who used to be an absolute... He was at Sheffield Wednesday, so he's, he's contract's up there, and he's coming back. Um, I just fancy them, and I fancy the 12-1 to price. I would maybe look at them to get through the playoffs. I I really fancy um, Ipswich. Yeah. I just think Paul Lambert, like I've got Ipswich and more picks later. Paul Lambert's good with the league. From listening to Ipswich fans, although, although they were getting laughed off the four ends on TalkSport, the last three or four games of the season, I think they beat Leeds 3-2 in the last game of the season. Loads of their fans had been phoning up because they got relegated after getting rid of McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And loads of uh, Adrian Durham, as he does, was winding people up, going, this is what you get when you want change that for something that wasn't going bad. But they were all saying, no, no, Paul Lambert's come in and we're, all, we're playing good football and he's playing young players that are doing well. So I think he's got promoted with Norwich. He was doing well with Colchester when he actually got the Norwich job. I think Paul Lambert won't, won't be in that division too long. I find I find I think Ipswich. I don't do know. You, do you they, fancy anyone there, Gary? And perhaps we could get some sort of threefold on the clubs to be promoted from League One: Peterborough, Ipswich, and. To to be honest, my my eyes been off everything except Scottish League One. Why don't you okay. just take? I've not really been. Jack Ross is still there. Did he? I was. What I was just about to ask you. Like I wasn't sure Steve. if he even survived the pressure yeah. after yeah. the end of the season. And they, and they are favourites to win the league, but I think they realise that you can't sell your top scorer midway through a season and not mm. replace him and still have goals. It was amazing that he even got to the point he did. I mean, um, as we said last season, I'm a big Jack Ross fan. I love and, him, and he's a big fan of me. So why not go for Sunderland? <laughs> Sunderland, Ipswich, and Peterborough United. Then there you go. As the, the three, three coming up. I just want to stay on this point. League One in England relegation out that league is so bad now look at Berry they are fucked but right? odds, they almost they, went under as a club but their odds are crashed now oh it's like 1 to 500 right yeah. they're going to go down look at Bolton yep, they're starting the season with minus 12 points if if they start the season at all right? they're still over evens to get relegated 
Oh, really? Yes. I didn't realise that. Five, I think it was five to four. Yeah, because I couldn't believe that Wickham were only one to two to beat them at home tomorrow. Yeah. Eh, on Saturday, sorry. I, I, I presume people think they're such a big club that they'll sort this out and, and it'll end up okay. But you can get Bolton to be relegated at better than even money well, if, right now. If you want to actually look into the problem, go on, it's, it's not Sockaway, but something similar. Go and type in Bolton Wonders uh, transfer dealings and there's been 30 players released and none brought in. Right. So this is the, so it's this, going this to just is, be youth players come in. This is madness. Oh, yeah, with, 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 a, with a twelve point deficit as well yeah. to start the season. Get on that. I think that's a tremendous bit. You, you, sometimes you never know because remember Hearts went into administration. I when just Gary, battled their way back when Gary Lott was Did, there, and it was like they, they, they were the one. They, they had the best form in the second half of the season, but still went down. I suppose if that galvanizes point. you and you Some, feel like that resentment only, against everyone, that only happens if the squad players are there. Bolton have released the yeah, players. Gone. There. Do you think the price is based on the fact that the bookies don't think they'll make it to the end of the season? Well, they surely still have to pay out though, because they have to relegate them. They have to be relegated out of the league. Like surely there's no, there's no. Maybe there is a stipulation. No, there will be a stipulation. Because when happened, Rangers dropped out the the top that division, that wasn't a relegation. Yeah, that, that wasn't a relegation. Correct. Um, but I guess you'd get the bet void and you get your stake back anyway. But if they've yeah. got minus twelve points to start with and they make it to the end of the season, I, I can't see how they don't get relegated. Yeah. It, my other season bet is I wanted a better way I wanted a better structure I wanted a bookies I mean there will be bookies that you can go to I fancy Hibs to win a cup this year which in Scotland only leaves the Scottish Cup and the League Cup I've taken the League Cup just because of Rangers and Celtic's potential commitment in Europe mm-hmm. at the start of the season and the League Cup in Scotland is now done by November Will their Colts not play in the Challenge Cup? Potentially yeah potentially but 16-1 to win the League Cup when they're at home to Greenock Morton in the first round. Thing is, for the last three years, I think Celtic have won every trophy going. Yes, they, they have. <laughs> we're, all, we're all aware. So I'm just hoping Celtic would get to the Champions League and it's it's become like an unnecessary distraction. An, 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 an unnecessary distraction. Yeah, for, especially for like the the European qualifying teams. I think it's only four games you have to win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It hits yeah. in the last 16, so 16 Where quarters, semis, fine. Home at Greenock in the first. So you've got to figure They've got to get that's you think they get to the quarters. Through. Motherwell are playing hearts, so you're losing another Premiership team there. East Fife Rangers, so Rangers yeah, probably go potentially, through. Potentially, yeah. You'd think. Yeah, but we six, played East Fife, they were quite good. But <laughs> Dungeon United get beat by East Fife, that's why That's why we're not in the league. Cup. Yeah, but they beat hearts as well. I, I like what Paul Higginbottom's done since he came in at Hibs. Uh, they've been strong, they've won every game in pre-season, they've won the four League Cup group matches. To get through, so that they're in, I know they weren't pay, playing any one of massive challenge, but I think they're really strong. I think this at Mum game will show you more. They'll hope it's on Saturday. That will show you more of what they're going to do. But they were really good at the end of last season, really strong under him, and he's added some good players. Andy, what do you think about the the new style of the League Cup? Um, so this basically, yeah, stuff. so in Scotland, essentially, the League Cup split into groups of four, uh, excluding the teams that have qualified for Europe um, and it's put right at the start of the season and uh, it means that teams are not uh, organising more than two pre-season friendlies yep. and it's causing the semi-pro teams huge, huge problems because they only sign players on one-year contracts there's not enough time between the end of the season and the start of the season to build a new team uh, Dumbarton signed just enough players to play a game the day before it happened. <laughs> I think I, I saw the I saw a screenshot of you know the sort of if you go for match sponsorship you get the team sheets. Okay, because yeah, we played a friendly against Dundee United. The word trialist yeah. appeared on that 
so many times. I think mm. you had seven named people, and then it was just trialist, 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 <laughs> yeah. trialist. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. Uh, the League Cup, I can see the argument that it makes pre-season friendlies mean something, so therefore people might go and watch them and the club can get more revenue and attendance money and tickets. Um, the, the experience I have at our level, though, is that people go, I'm not... I'm not paying to go and see. No, but if you if you if you've got Dundee United in that group and two thousand Arabs come down to watch that game, yep, that's that's gate money but, for you. But the the game we did play against Motherwell, only a hundred and twenty home fans turned up for a cup game. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, you getting else, Andy, for the season? I do. Um, well, maybe ask Gary about League One and how in in Scotland and how he fancies because my my shouts in League Two. Okay. This is this is just naturally progressive. Um, I th- my 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 money would be on a broth. I think they strengthened really well. Are they um, third favourites, they're not saying the third. They're Falkirk favourites. So Falkirk oh, yeah, came Falkirk down in our favourites. Falkirk are in a the team that comes down always ends up near the top of the favourites, yeah. and Falkirk are not good. Yeah, and Wraith aren't that great. No, they're, they're definitely second favourites. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they are. But I think Clyde might be third favourites as yeah. well. Um, yeah, obviously this time of year there's a lot of uh, people trying to figure out who's got what sort of budget. Um, it's been interesting at Dumbarton because at the, the end of season awards last year, the chairman stood up and said, you know, dust ourselves off, go again, and you know, next year we're aiming for the playoffs. So people took that as the board are... <laughs> are going to spend money yeah, and the, invest the, you know the board are have a budget there and their tra- their target is challenging for the playoffs so everybody spent the summer buoyant waiting to see who we'd sign then all of a sudden all the players started leaving and we were signing people uh, who'd been released from uh, youth like youth academies and junior clubs yep. people who'd been released from junior clubs and it's only come out, there was a manager in club Q&A last week and they reckon that we've got the second lowest budget in the whole league. Uh, and who, why Jim Duffy then stayed, I do not know. But uh, it's going to be a, a bad season for Dumbarton, I think. I would almost follow the, the money trail there, Gary. The money trail Jim, to Jim, our... Jim Duffy stays, there's no money for players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, is that, ridic- is that uh, ridiculous to we're, we're, we're owned by a, an offshore Cayman Islands company who have not put a penny into the club since the day they bought it. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting times. Our both got promoted and are in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know, leave that in, make me look like a fanny, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that shows you how much attention I have been paying. I bet it does show you were also right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great show. No, no, no wonder I think they've strengthened <laughs> You've got to uh, weigh Gary's football knowledge up against his brilliant producing of a podcast skill. His brilliant producing of a <laughs> yeah, podcast skill is immense. So the, the mean's good, but yeah. Clyde have spent, Clyde have spent though, and yeah. Airdrie have spent. Yeah, Clyde. so there you go. So I've, I've just pulled the odds up there. Falkirk 4 to 7, so heavy favourites. I wouldn't be touching nah. that. No, no chance. Nah. Uh, Wraith 11 to 2. Wraith, I don't think Wraith are, are going to be there. Airdrie 12s. Clyde 14, 4 for 14. Dumbarton 16, Cl- Peterhead 16. What? And then 16? The 25 to 1 bar. So yeah, so you've basically got Falkirk and Wraith. Falkirk is massive favourites. Wraith is, is on their own as second favourites. And then. Airdrie, Clyde, Forford, and Barton and Peterhead all bunched together. Who's who's at the bottom? Montrose. 
So Stranraer, East Fife, and Montrose. And what I've seen of East Fife, they beat Dundee United, they beat Hearts in games that, you know, that we were trying. Like, we weren't playing our full strength team yeah. that we'd play in, in the league, but the boys out there knew that that was League Cup and we should be trying. We could beat by East Fife. I think the bookies have mispriced most of that. But I think Airdrie and Clyde will be up there at the end okay. of the season. Yeah. So I'm just looking at League 2, one below, because I've got a, a good friend, Martin Harvey, that goes to all the Queen's Park games. Um, and, and knows the league really well so I was asking his sort of opinions on this because the bookies have Cove Rangers newly promoted Cove Rangers is quite heavy favourites for that quite, league they do look quite really? good though yeah they, they do they do but look good they do look good but how much of that is just that they've been playing dross in the Highland League there's, there's also all you know the rumours have always been that when you join the league, the reason a lot of those teams never really had an interest in joining is because the jump up in standards where you're financially accountable yes, are different. So who knows whether they can meet those standards and regulations in time. So discounting them because their favourites, you know, obviously everyone else then is, is bumped up yep. in price. I like Edinburgh City, who you'll get at 4-1. Are they strengthened much? They have re-signed their top, top goal scorer. Hendo, um, yeah. So he's still there. In fact, see, and, they, and they started. Who I'd want to sponsor? Blaine Henderson's. Who I'd want to sponsor? Why don't we just do that then? Yeah. Let's see if we can do it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna look. Yeah, that's definitely what we're doing. Let's see if we can do it. And, I, and I'll back that at four to one for Edinburgh City to win that league. Um, yes. Yeah, Blaine Henderson. That's who's getting sponsored. But, but Edinburgh had a great start to last season, and maybe it was fatigue. Maybe it was just whatever they tailed away at the end it of it. It was injuries. Like I, I seen them play Clyde, and they were absolutely rotten. So if they can, if they can stay fit. Um, Blair Henderson there, get that winning mentality back. I think four to one's a good price because I don't. Th- I don't think Cove are gonna are gonna be as good as everyone thinks. Who's favourites to finish last? Albion Rovers. Yeah, man. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Albion Rovers. If you wanted to get them to win the league, would be forty to one, and then the next is Cowdenbeath at twenty to one. So they're they're you know they're the massive under. I'd rather see Cowdenbeath go down. I've got a soft spot for Albion Rovers. Uh, We've spoken about Albion Rovers before. Great yeah. pie. It's the shape of a boat. <laughs> uh, my my last season bet and input is Chelsea. In fact, Lampard to win the League Cup, the, the Carabao League Cup. The twelve to one to win that competition. Um, it was one of the first trophies he won as a player at Chelsea when Mourinho came in. It was instilled in him very early from Mourinho that it was very important to win the first trophy at Derby last year. He took it seriously. He knocked out Man U. When Mourinho was there, yep. he took the FA Cup seriously as well. It was very good. I think some for someone like Frank Lampard, I think it's important that they one keep Champions League football. But I think he needs to get a trophy this year. Lampard to be sacked before the end of this season. I, I don't. I don't think. So. I think because they can't sign anyone after this point, and they've got Loftus Cheek, uh, Hudson Odoi, all signed on long term contracts. I think they brought him in with a. Who was a uh, Mason Mount that he had at Derby? The thing is, though, what he's been brought in for by the chairman and the people that run the club is different to the fans. And if the fans get vocal enough, you're put in a position that you just need to you need to cut your losses and go if it's not working out. Yeah, like what happened with David Moyes? Maybe I I think the League Cup in the last couple of seasons has been taken seriously by Man City. I think Man City will have. Uh, Ideas Readjusted their priorities. Yeah, I, I mm. think it's uh, all or nothing in the Champions League for Man City this year. So Chelsea twelve to one. Chelsea should be within the four favourites, and they are the four favourite. Mm. The four favourite to be twelve to one is ridiculous. Like it seems too high for me. So that's my free. I'm actually going to do that as a treble. 
a five pound treble. Nice. So Arsenal Europa, Chelsea League Cup, and Hibs League Cup. Nice. Yeah. I've got. I had a, I had a lovely season long. I do a year long one. Right. And I got three out of four. It was let down um, <laughs> in the uh, the champion hurdle at Cheltenham. Bovedere fell at the first fence, but Brooks Koepka won a major. Um, uh, I got the Super Bowl winner right, and uh, the Premier League of Darts winner. It's just annoying. Yeah, I don't normally like season bets, but I like the idea that um, you'll be gutted if two out of three cut. Put a tricksy on. Yeah, don't 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 just do a threefold. Get, At least do two out of three. But I, I quite like Edinburgh City as well, so I might actually go the four and just do a lucky fifteen. Nice. Yeah, I might do that. This week's picks on the podcast. Um, I'll go quickly. The the banker, Hibs at home to St Mern. I've already mentioned, I really fancy Paul Heckenbottom. They've won all their games pre-season, so that was two friendlies and four cup games. St Mern, very indifferent. As far as I'm concerned, they were very lucky to stay up. They're an absolutely rancid team. Um, Hibs are 6-11. to 11. They're at home. It is tricky because we're predicting games that the season's not, not really started. Like mm-hmm. Gary said, the cup games are kind of glorified competitive friendlies. But I really do like the way Hibs look. I think I think Hibs will be really strong. New owner as well, which I've not mentioned. I think there's a lot of bets going to be on Hibs this season. I think Hibs will be the third team in the league. I know that's very disrespectful to the fact that Rangers and Celtic are there. But I think Hibs will be the third team this year. I don't think it'll be Aberdeen. You mean the second team? No. <laughs> this year might be tight. I mean... Rangers are only 9-4 to to win that league, which I think is incredible. Some, I don't pay as much attention to the Premier League as I used to, because obviously my team's in the Championship. But 9-4 to seems... That means if you play that league three times, Rangers win it once. Is it really that close? Yeah, I suppose. In your, in your opinion, is it really that close? Um, it depends what Celtic do. Celtic, like we've already discussed, Celtic have got a chance where I think they're going to lose their best left-back. One of the best players over the next few days. So I don't really know how you jump into the market at this stage. Interesting. And replace them. So, I mean, part of that is interesting, like what Celtic will do, what will happen, because it's first game. So I've avoided going for an opening day fixture and I'm in Japan on Sunday. <laughs> Some things never change, so new there listeners, this is Andy's, Andy's favourite. In the J-League and it's Kawasaki Frontale against Yamaga and you'll get the home team Kawasaki at 4-11. to 11. Uh, So we're 20 games into the J-League yeah. season now, so we know what's happening. And yep. there's, there's, there's form and there's a good sample size behind stuff. Kawasaki are third with 38 points. That's four points behind the top of the table, but they do have a game in hand. Right, okay. So when the game in hand, one, one point behind, so they're right at the top. Yamaga, they've really struggled this season. Third bottom, which is a playoff relegation spot on 18 points, but the bottom two teams only have 17 points. So they are okay. right basement guys. Uh, you have to go back to the 10th of April for Kawasaki's last defeat. So they're, they're like one of the form teams in the league. 12 wins, 6 draws since then, no defeats. And are pretty formidable at home. Eleven points uh, from their last five home games in the in the home form table. Yamaga are second bottom of the five game form table. Two draws, three losses, and worse than that, they've only picked up nine points on the road this season. So they don't really do much away from home. I just think this is a as bankers go. Kawasaki Frontale. I always bound down to your superior knowledge of Japanese football, Andy. So I'm going to. Arigato. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to argue. Uh, my value bet is Exeter at home to Macclesfield. You're getting that even money, roughly. 
it, it's more a bet against Macclesfield. Uh, Macclesfield just survived last season by two points. And they haven't strengthened at all. I love this betting against teams yeah. already in the first week. They've they failed to score in four of the five preseason games. They failed to score in the last three, so they've scored one goal in five preseason games and conceded seventeen. So they they are struggling. Um, Eggs are were just unlucky. They finished one spot outside the playoffs last year. Um, they've had an okay preseason. Last time they played, they played the derby last week in the last game of preseason against Torquay, one two one. So. They they look slightly better. They've got a good home record from last year. Again, there's not a massive amount of ins and outs from their squad either. It's hard to tell with Macclesfield what they could do when it comes to competitive football. But if preseason's anything to go by, they're way off it now. So I just again I've put, I've taken all my five picks are from teams that are playing the first competitive game. But you like to live on the edge. It I worked really, well for you last year. Yeah, I really fancy Exeter. I am sticking with Japan for the value bet. Uh, this is Saturday at eleven a.m. Uh, Shonen versus the Kashima Antlers. Kashima fourth place in the table, uh, away from home at twelfth place. Shonen. Uh, good to note that the Kashima Antlers are also the current holders of the Asian Champions League. Right. Okay. Uh, so, they, so they're a good, strong team. Uh, they're top of the five-game form table in the J League. Thirteen points, twelve goals scored for, only three against. Shonen six points from their last five and a goal difference of minus two, so not up to very much. Shonen have only managed eleven points from ten home matches this season. So it tends to be in, in leagues in other countries because obviously Scotland, a lot of the grounds are quite close together. Japan's reasonably big. Um, so like teams tend to do a lot better at home, but this is a terrible home record they have. Right, okay. Um, they've scored 12, conceded 14 at home, so they're, they're not good at home. Uh, six games in a row for the Antlers have scored two or more goals and their last away game was a 4-0 thrashing where they beat Vigalta Sendai. Uh, so they do perform in the road and they're scoring goals just now. You'll get Kashima at five to four because the the away team, but because Shonen are so poor at home, that doesn't phase me at all. That's fine. I'd like to add in here for uh, all our listeners: um, please do download the wonderful Rakuten Sports app on your phone. R A K U T E N. It's brand new. It's essentially a Japanese sports uh, app um, where you can watch highlights in English of all the games. And they've backdated it. So it only got released four weeks ago, but they've backdated it to the beginning of this season wow. and done English commentary on everything. Recruiting, is that another people who bought Play.com? Yes, uh, because they also have re- uh, a recruiting app for TVs that you can watch like Korean sitcoms oh, okay. and stuff. Uh, but this is this is their this is their football one, recruiting sports. They're going to add baseball. They're going to add other things. Cool. But it's wonderful just it's to be able to watch come true. It's great. You can watch the J League highlights in English, in HD. Outsider. Uh, in League One in England, Burton versus Ipswich. I'm taking Ipswich away. Void the references. Paul Lambert's been good at the league. Ipswich ended the season quite well. They were playing good football. They've had an okay preseason. Burton, I, I just think they're going to struggle. It looks like they've had a lot of players leaving. I'm not massively aware of the standard, but it was players who had played more than half the games last season. Um, so they've been replacing them with a lot of younger players as well. Ipswich at 2-1, first game, I know it's the first game of the season and when teams drop down they do tend to struggle, but it seems like Ipswich made the right changes before the end of the season, despite being relegated, and as I said, I fancy them at win the league, so I'm really needing them to start this season well. 2-1 to to win away from home at Burton. Burton have never beat Ipswich, they have only played four times. Like it. 2-1's good, I like the odds. Um, my outsiders on Sunday at 11am we're not in Japan uh, but we're also not in, a, in, a, in an opening game situation <laughs> we're in the Danish Super League which has had three games so far 
and it's Randers versus FC Norgeland. And you'll get the away team, FC Norgeland, at 2-1. to one. It's very early in the new Danish season, um, but Norgeland have started well. Two wins and a narrow 2-1 defeat away at Micheland. And they're, they're second favourites for yeah. the league behind uh, FC Copenhagen. Randers, they've only got two points. They've drawn twice and lost once against worse opposition than Norgeland have had. Uh, you'll like this though, John. Historically, in recent years, certainly Norgeland have had the best of this game. So t- since 2017, they've played four times. Three wins for Norgeland, 3-2, 3-0 away from home, 4-1 at home, and um, most recently a one-each draw away from home. Uh, so 2-1, to one, I think, is a big price. Um, I've got a bet. It's 7-4. to four. Is that enough for an outsider? Yeah, yeah that's an outsider. Um, as we discussed, Dumbarton are playing Wraith Rovers on Saturday, uh, the first opening game of the, the season. Uh, last season, the combined score of the four games was 12-12. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to suggest over 3.5 goals at 7-4. There you go. Note that down. Have you written that down, Gary? Because I'll forget. Goal fest. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> they might all be against Dumbarton. But as, but but... as long as it's over 3.5 <laughs> yeah. goals, yeah. So as we mentioned at the start, our charity pick, we do two each, a fourfold, £10. All profits go to a charity of the listeners choosing because this is the first one, Andy, you've already chosen McMillan. I have, yes. So all profits will go to McMillan from this. You go your first pick. I've taken two games that are of interest to me um, as a Dundee United season ticket holder. I'm taking Dundee United to win at home against Inverness at even money. Uh, I saw us be very good away from home at Hearts. I saw us beat Brecon 6 0 in pre season friendly. But I also, we were shit against Dumbarton, as, as Gary knows, and we were also terrible against these five. So, a wee bit ropey. But D- I'll Dundee be there. United were so bad that Dumbarton fans were like, "Hey, maybe this isn't so bad." <laughs> so if the, if if Nielsen's got them, we've got Lauren Shankland from Air. We've, we took Smith from Air as well. Um, we we sent a guy from Banfield in in Argentina. Right, okay. Uh, Sporl at left back. So we've made investment in the team, and it'll be exciting to see where we go this season. We're we're favourites for the league, um, and and we're starting with a home game. So I'll take us at even money. And I'll also take who I think will be our main contenders this year, Partick Thistle, away from home at Aloha. And they're also even money. So I think it'll be Dundee United and Partick Thistle that will probably be up the top end of this table come the end of the year and we'll both get off to a winning start. Kenny Miller scored his 289th career goal for Partick Thistle. What did his wife say about it? (laughs) The thing I was going to say was there was an excellent tweet. It might have been old firm facts or they may have just retweeted it. Which was Kenny Mills' first goal came from came for Stenhouse Muir in nineteen ninety eight. There was a player on the pitch that day who is now sixty nine years old. <laughs> that Kenny is, Miller. That is how long. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, my two charity picks. I mean, I feel like I'm doing a lot in the same vein because I'm I've went balls out and I'm taking teams who are playing their first game. Uh, Wigan are playing Cardiff. I'm taking Cardiff to win away. At 64. Very good shot. I looked at that. Yep, 64. Just again, Warnock knows the league. Cardiff have kept a lot of the players, which is really surprising. I quite like Cardiff this yeah. year for, to have a very good season. Um, Wigan, I'm just not massively enamoured by it. I think they're an okay side, but I watched that. I watched. I took a wee interest in Wigan last season when Josh Windash joined them, just to have a wee look and see what they were doing. Every time I seem to look at the result, they seem to be getting beat. Yeah. A couple of wins to keep them away from relegation. And then again, just rotten form. I just, just don't see him doing it. And I think Cardiff will... I think Cardiff had a great chance to just go straight back up as well. So do I. Yep. Uh, same league. 
same idea. Barnsley versus Fulham. So Barnsley won the league last year. Got promoted via League One into the Championship. Fulham actually dropped out. Fulham have kept a good chunk of the squad. Not all of it. Uh, Babbles went back. Schuller's went back. Barnsley, however, did sell their two centre-halves. So Barnsley had a fucking impeccable defensive record last year. They won so many games, 1-2-0. Uh, they had Liam Lindsay and is it Ethan Finnock at the back. They've sold both of them. So Liam Lindsay's went to Stoke. Not sure where Pinnock went. But to lose your two centre halves, and they've replaced them with a nineteen and twenty-one year old, it's, it's a bit of a gamble to move into a league above and still expect that to roll on. Especially when facing up against an ex-Premier League team. Yeah, and they've still got Mitrovic, who was banging in goals in that division two seasons ago. Mitrovic is one of those players that's bang right in the middle, where I don't think he's good enough for playing for a team that don't create a lot in the Premier League. But if you've got a better team in the Championship, he'll bang in twenty goals a season. I just really fancy Fulham. They're at 11 to 10. So that was our charity picks were Cardiff away to Wigan, Fulham away to Barnsley, Dundee away to Alloa, yep, and Dundee United at home. That's a lot of ways. Um, this podcast has been a little bit longer than normal, mm-hmm. but we've had the season bets, we've had just an update on what we've been doing, uh, a review of last season. Normally these podcasts will be 30, 35 minutes. So, and uh, Gordo will return. And Gordo will return. So if this is again your first listen, Gordo is the French genius. French lower, he's not French. No, he's not. But French. he has a, an insane interest in the French lower leagues um, and a and good track record. I agree. We should have probably got his stats up because his track record at the end of the season was unbelievable. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. um, so, as we will do with every podcast, share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter. Don't, please don't like it. Come on. <laughs> no, but, like what, it as well. What is it, Conroy said? It's not currency. Yeah, doesn't cost any You've money. You've not got limited retweets. Yeah. It's not like people love. Like, you can use this unlimited. You're allowed to hit retweet all the time. And if you can, go to places that leave reviews. If you don't listen to this on Spotify or whatever, a place where you can actually leave a review like iTunes, it'll bump us up the charts a little bit. Join the Facebook group. Just search Trampled Bet Podcast uh, on Facebook and join the community there. And if you are brand new and you're thinking, why the fuck is this called Trampled Bet? Uh, there's another podcast called Trampled Bat, which is me and John and a guy called Chris Conroy talking shit every week. It's got nothing to do with football, but if you if you found this and you think you might enjoy it give it a go yep if you can get me at john walker underscore 1986 you can get me on twitter at asv sports or you can get us both at trample bet um have a good week hopefully it's a good one for all of us football season's back yeah podcast network